Welcome to Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Tony Conley. Thanks so much for tuning in. Governor Whitmer recently gave her State of the State speech, and I wanted to get some feedback from that and also talk a little bit about the economic impact of the Detroit Lions 2024 NFL Divisional Playoff game. It brought a lot of money into the Detroit economy, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. But let's first start with the governor's speech, and let's talk with someone who's an expert when it comes to economic impact in our state. Tyler Thiel is the vice president and director of public policy and economic analyst at the Anderson Economic Group, and she joins us. Tyler, how are you? Hello, I'm good. How are you? Good. I hope you're speaking to me from your Key West, Florida office location. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk a little bit about the governor's state of the state speech. I tell you, from what I could see in just getting a take on the media, not only statewide and nationally, was the video of the governor talking about her community college program with a potato. That seemed to make more news. Yeah, I've been hearing a lot about shifting the mindset from K-12 to P-14 or even P-16. And I think that's something that could work for Michigan. Some of this is coming out of knowledge about our pipeline. You know, we have amazing R1 universities here, MSU, U of M, and Wayne State. And we could benefit from more community college to fill that pipeline. And the other issue we have in Michigan is our drastically aging demographics that, you know, we're not going to be able to completely overcome in the coming decades, but we can do a set of things to make writing it out easier and attracting the 18 to 34 year old demographic and retaining those that are here is a big one. And so community college is, is targeted at, you know, that problem. I thought that was interesting from another aspect also, Tyler. I have a friend who went to college and just wasn't enjoying the process and thought he was wasting his time and his money. And I had another friend who had a son who didn't want to go to college initially. That kid is now in college because both of those kids got involved in HVAC programs. And as you know, as well as anyone, there is a shortage for HVAC, for welders, for the trades. And it seems mm -hmm. like this would be a good lead-in to that for community colleges. Certainly. I mean, most of the skilled trades that we want to retain and attract in Michigan do require a very specific and high-skilled degree or certification that you can get at our community colleges. And some of the programs that, you know, are implemented and are being revamped and re-improved are aimed at speaking to those kids that you were just talking about who may have thought they could facilitate the kind of lifestyle they wanted after high school without further education. And they need that second chance to come back and get an associate's degree and have the skills they need. And Tyler, I think the messaging, the marketing has gone wrong and maybe led a lot of kids away from that. Because as you know, back in the day, your parents, my parents, they made great money working in the trades, working for the automakers. You made a lot of money. You could set aside retirement money. You bought that cabin up north. And now it seems that's kind of taboo and the blue collar work. And hopefully they can change the messaging to that. Yeah, I think in Michigan for a while, we were trying to get back to that and say, you know, not everybody needs a four-year degree. Not everybody needs to take on that debt. 
which may be true for some people. It is not true for most people. And for those people, they still probably need that associate's degree. Let's talk about the governor's content, especially, you know, what she was focusing on when it came to her housing and economic development proposals. I've had the opportunity to talk with some leading leaders when it comes to the mortgage industry for one, Tyler, and the conversation kept going back to there's no representation nationally in the White House, in Washington, D.C., about not only making mortgages more affordable, but making housing more affordable, building more single family homes, new family homes. We've just totally gotten away from that. That industry is really hurting. And as you know, a lot of folks, a lot of younger folks cannot afford that. Talk a little bit about that, if you will. Yeah. So the National Association of Realtors has really stepped up and they are trying to do something about this and implement good policy. We have had the privilege of working with them on big projects in Arizona, the Carolinas, and in other states. We've had the opportunity to work on a lot of development work in Kentucky. And so what we're doing with the local chapters of Association of Realtors is taking a deep dive into their housing availability and housing affordability and figuring out what is missing in key areas or sometimes statewide. And usually it's a specific size of unit. Maybe that's single family homes. Maybe that's apartment buildings with five to 19 units. And it's usually a specific price of unit too. Maybe it's those that are under a certain monthly threshold based on the incomes in the area. Or maybe it's those that are, you know, twelve to $15,000 annually to afford the mortgage based on the incomes in those areas. And so Michigan certainly has our own missing middle and initiatives to incentivize building single family homes and affordable homes are really necessary if we're going to drive that next generation of development, population retainment and a standard and quality of living to attack the affordability and availability problem. I want to talk more about that when we get back, Tyler. We're talking with Tyler Thiel, who's the Vice President and Director of Public Policy and Economic Analyst at the Anderson Economic Group. This is Media Business, and I'm Tony Connolly. We'll be right back. When you fly Lansing, you are just one stop away from over 500 amazing global destinations. The Capital Region International Airport, your gateway to the world. Visit flylansing.com for more information. This is Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. We're talking with Tyler Thiel. And Tyler, let's talk a little bit more about housing and development here in the state of Michigan. I want to ask you about something more specific, something that I have a little bit experience with in my area. I live in a Lansing area, and I know that there are a lot of school districts that are just dying for new developments to be built in their districts. But there's the challenge with getting builders to jump in. There's a challenge with making it affordable. Mortgage is really sky high right now. What can be done to address all those? Is there anything that can be done on the local level as well as the statewide level? Yeah, I think it starts with incentivizing developers to build those smaller, more affordable homes. I know developers don't like to hear that necessarily, but I think it can be done. 
properly and profitably for everyone involved. I know other analyses have looked at the idea of proper supplementation. So we know in a given area what the missing part of the housing market is, whether it's a specific size of unit or a specific price of unit compared to the incomes in that area. And we can drill down and say, you know, a $2,000 annual supplement opportunity in this specific area would increase home ownership by X percent in 10 years. So some very careful and very targeted incentives and support for folks needing to get into homes could be implemented to help with that problem. Where can we find that funding? Would that be on a federal or statewide level? There are opportunities for both. In West Michigan, there's been a little bit more momentum on this than there have been in other pockets of the state of Michigan. And they're looking at funding opportunities or even like tax incentives for the developers themselves, you know, to get into those pockets. I know, for example, for me personally, when I was working on analysis in Arizona, the problem was a lot of ordinances that were sort of in the way for developers to be profitable in these smaller units. So that's another thing we can work on is local ordinances and the statutes and zoning that we may have in a developer's way. So is it possible to get the developers, to get the banks, to get the politicians together? Is it going to take that kind of teamwork to really make something like this fly? Yeah, it's a colossal amount of work. But if everyone's rowing in the same direction, as you mentioned, it has to be all of those parties working toward the same goal for it to work. And we're going to have to do it for a number of decades, not just this year or not just next year. When it comes to the governor's speech, she spoke to housing availability, affordability in Michigan, the importance of properly incentivizing the construction of missing middle housing. You talked a little bit about that. What were your thoughts about what the governor had to say? You know, I've had the benefit of listening to research presented recently at Detroit Policy Conference and at Grow Michigan and Fix My State. So the benefit of that background detail really helped me. While I felt like the state of the state was lacking in detail a little bit, I get the nature of the event. You can't dive into the weeds on each item. But when it comes to kind of moving the needle on this housing affordability and attracting and retaining the family size that we want to live in those houses, I think the intentions are in the right place. How important is that size housing to Michigan and to growing our economy, sustaining our economy? It's particularly important in Michigan. There are several economic indicators where Michigan is in the bottom five or the bottom 10 and not in a good way, you know. And so we need to stop being afraid of progress and realize that before these last huge swings like the Great Recession and then the pandemic some of Michigan's infrastructure was designed for a million or more people in a given city than we have today. We can withstand attracting population. We have to work toward doing it. We can't be scared of progress and we need to bring that in and move forward. Tyler, what is the higher program, the higher Michigan program? Yeah, so that is born out of a nagging problem where we have some decent resources in Michigan with when it comes to startup businesses and entrepreneurial efforts. And folks can take advantage of those. And then when their business becomes viable for that next stage, and they might hire hundreds of workers, we don't want them to go to California or Colorado and do that hiring. We want to incentivize hiring here in Michigan. So if they've got a viable startup 
that's in an industry that we want to be focused on, incentivizing hiring here and truly live, work and play here, not just working remotely, signing in from somewhere else or something could be really good for Michigan's economy. What's the long-term economic benefit of the Hire Michigan program? To retain the startup and entrepreneurial and patent work that happens here. Again, with our big universities, there is a lot of great patent work that comes out of those schools. And we don't want it to be snatched up with march-in rights. We don't want it to be taken to other states. We don't necessarily want it to be bought up by Fortune 500 companies. We're actually doing pretty good on how many of those large companies are represented in Michigan. We really need those small and medium-sized businesses to have the opportunity to thrive, to stay here, and to fill that pipeline. When we come back, Tyler, I want to talk about electric vehicles, EVs, and road funding here in our state. We'll do that next. This is Media Business. I'm Tony Connolly, and this is the Michigan Business Network. At DBI, we do office by exceeding our customers' expectations since 1984. DBI offers more products and services than any other office supply and furniture dealer in mid-Michigan. For office needs, visit dbiyes.com. Welcome back to Media Business. We're talking with Tyler Thiel, who is the president and director of public policy and economic analysis at Anderson Economic Group. Tyler, I want to talk about EVs and road funding. I've seen many stories about how many folks think that the funding for EVs, for roads, something needs to be done when talking about taxes. Tell us what you know about that. Yeah, we need some road funding mechanisms in place that are tied to the road usage and the energy consumption picture of today and of tomorrow. For decades, sales and excise taxes on motor fuel were a fair and good way for generating road funding in Michigan. But for decades now, Michiganders have been driving more fuel efficient vehicles. That trend is definitely going to continue slowly but surely. Michiganders are adopting electric vehicles. It's only a couple percent a year, which may seem small, but it is really significant. And, you know, those folks are contributing significantly less on the road funding burden than, you know, their neighbor still driving a gas guzzling SUV. I'm in the neighbor category. And so we need some urgency behind getting some other funding mechanisms into place. Is there anything in place in regards to that in Lansing and Detroit, other places? Well, for example, we do have an additional registration fee as a surcharge on electric vehicles. So that makes up a certain portion. It's not going to make up all of it. And we can't capture everything we need to with really high registration fees. We need some mechanisms in place that are related to number of miles driven, number of kilowatt hours used in the future. Potentially tolling could be a good way to capture tourism use of our roads here in Michigan. Tyler, in regards to Michigan's low tax burden and building revenue, talk a little bit about that, if you will. Yeah. So, you know, Anderson Economic Group included, for years, we had several of groups working toward lowering the tax burden in Michigan. You know, we wanted to make sure we had an open for business sign up and that nobody was deterred from coming to Michigan because of high tax rates. 
we've accomplished that. And now we need to focus on other things to attract businesses. Those businesses also want good roads to drive on. They want a talent pipeline to be able to hire employees. More and more, we're seeing a big focus on public transportation or community transportation. You know, the future generations aren't as focused on cars as we have been. So with the tax burden being low, now we can afford to see where we want to invest and where it's worth it to people to maybe increase their tax burden. You know, to speaking to that, the impact of statewide investments on job sites, on Michigan's workforce development. Talk a little bit about that, if you will, Tyler. Yeah, so we have sort of four different potential job sites in the Lansing region in particular that could be the recipient of, say, the next big mega site development. But again, only if we're not scared of progress. If we want to bring these in, we have to show that we're going to accept a big new employer, that we want those jobs here for our kids and grandkids, that we're open to the industries that they're going to be in, like the electric vehicle and battery pipeline or semiconductor and chips industry. These are areas where we could really increase the opportunities for job participation in Michigan. Unemployment isn't really as much of an issue, but job participation is. And so for those things, we need new employers, we need childcare, we need transportation. Tyler, when it comes to the state of Michigan, how are we doing economically? I think that really depends on what lens you look through. Unfortunately, on the whole, you could say not good. I mean, we have pockets in Traverse City and Grand Rapids and Detroit where there's a lot of momentum, there's a lot of growth. We know in Lansing, we're actually unique on the housing affordability side. We do have good affordability in the Lansing region compared to peer clusters we would aspire to be like. But on the whole, our median income is not growing. Our population is not growing. You know, we've regretfully lost some big developments down south and out west. And we'd like those to come here in the future. And I hate to put you on the spot, but when we talk about the rest of 2024, do you have a vibe that you can see us economically here in the state of Michigan? You know, I do think there's a lot of positive bipartisan initiative and willingness to start looking in the right direction and have everybody rowing in the same direction. You know, the big players in the Grow Michigan initiative, but, you know, John Ricolta was saying he thinks we can do a lot and remain revenue neutral. Hillary Doe spent the summer doing research and seeing what that next generation that we really want to retain their demographic, what they really want to see in their state. And so early this year, the different conferences and talks that I've gotten to go to, there was a lot of good momentum and willingness for everybody to be working in the same direction on the same goals. Tyler, we ran out of time. I'm going to have you back on so we can talk about the economic impact of the Lions divisional playoff game into the city. I appreciate you so much. Tyler Thiel is the Vice President and Director of Public Policy and Economic Analysis for the Anderson Economic Group. Tyler, as always, I appreciate you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. I'm Tony Connolly. This is Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. We'll see you next time.